0: Shapers on Jazz FM Listen in colour In partnership with Mishkondorea It's business, but it's personal
1: Hush, The uplifting sound of Curtis Mayfield with Move On Up. Hello, this is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Thank you so much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is where you get to hear the worlds of business and music come together perfectly. Uh, normally, I have a business shaper. I've got one today. They are someone who's doing interesting things in the world of business, and I'll also play for you some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues, and soul. My business shaper is Cressé Wesling, and she is one of the co-founders of a brand called Elvis Cressé. They are environmental designers. They make They make really beautiful things from products that have um, maybe seen better times but they make them look absolutely extraordinary you'll be hearing lots from Cresse about her amazing business and all the work that she does in the world of charity as well in addition to hearing from Cresse, you'll also be hearing from our program partners at Derea. some words of advice for your business and then the music well we've got brilliant music today from Ibrahim Malouf new music from Christian Scott and this from Rebecca Ferguson This thing called love is what Rebecca Ferguson was asking, and of course, it's a Billy Holiday cover. Cresse Wesling is my business shaper, as I mentioned earlier. She's one of the co founders of Elvis and Cresse. They make beautiful things from stuff that's already had a former life, yes. other, other, other um, materials. Cresse, thank you so much for joining me. In your own words, describe what you do.
2: Uh, I think what we do is rescue. We're engaged in a rescue. So if you think about the planet and the state that we're in, there's a lot of problems. One of the biggest problems for me is landfill. And we started this business really as a response to landfill. We didn't want lovely materials languishing in the dirt. And when we first discovered London's fire hose, I knew that was... uh, the best way to probably start a dialogue publicly about landfill because it's beautiful it's history laden people love firemen and the material itself they really do so, i mean yeah. they really
1: do my uh, my wife and all her friends love firemen i've never really understood that because maybe heroes. i'm just jealous is that what it is <laughs>
2: they're yeah. heroes it's
1: certainly not the outfit you know
2: someone who would run into a, a, a burning building to mm. save a a, a child of you course. know there, there's something wonderful about that and that wonderfulness, I think, rubs off on the material, on the hoses that they use. Hoses are 22 meters long. And if you get an enormous hole somewhere down the middle of a hose, you have to decommission it. You have to throw it away because their short hoses are of no use to them. But short hoses are of complete wonderful use to me because I can cut out that one hole and turn a hose into any number of wonderful things.
1: Now you didn't start in this world um of of work doing things to do with rescuing beautiful no. material. Tell me a little bit about how the politics and Chinese student from McGill in in Canada, you're Canadian. I mean we always make distinctions between Canadians and Americans and yes, you're yes. definitely Canadian. Um tell me a little bit about your journey from the world of money and, and venture capital into this world that you've now you've now entered
2: uh certainly, I suppose, uh, a long journey, but fairly straightforward. When you're born and raised in Canada, you have this big playground and it's uh, it's nature and it's bear and it's moose and it's wonderful. And you sort of assume that that's the way the world is. And then I got a scholarship to study in Hong Kong when I was 16 years old. And I did a two year program there at a United World College. And I was just transported into this city state where... I was living with students from um, 70 different countries. Our goal was to discover solutions for world peace through being educated together. So it's quite a liberal place. Um, and yet in Hong Kong itself, you have the untreated sewage of 7 million people going straight into the sea. OK, so you have all these wonderful things happening in my brain. And at the time, I did think that the way to go back into the world as an adult might be to do it through the political spectrum. So when I left Hong Kong, I went back to Canada, I went to McGill, and I studied politics because I genuinely thought I'll be Prime Minister of Canada and I'll sort things out. And what I discovered when, while doing a political degree um, was that I have more of a dictatorial nature
1: and Great self-awareness. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> I don't think it was self-awareness. I think people were telling <laughs> me. just told
1: you, yeah. Yes. Y- you learned to be self-aware yes. when they all said you're a dictator.
2: Um, I like to do things in a certain way. I don't like to compromise, uh, particularly when it comes to the environment or when it comes to values. And I think that, that although I love and appreciate democracy and I'm so grateful to live in one, I couldn't. Possibly um, work in that system. It's too uh, reactive. It's too compromising. And I think it's terrible that we criticize people for U turns when actually they should be allowed to understand they've made an error and fix it. You know, I just don't like the political space. So then I had to seek other avenues and got miraculously hired by a venture capitalist. And although she wasn't values laden, She was very good at spotting opportunities. So I learned amazing things from her in Hong Kong and then learned that basically for me, the best way to get things done would be to do it via the business spectrum or the business vehicle. Because as soon as you're making money, you can do what you want. I learned that businesses are quite liberating that way, a good place for a dictatorial person like myself.
1: And we're going to hold it right there. It's exactly where I want to leave it, because, yes, wait to see what the dictator went and did next. Time for some music before you get to hear that. It's Twin. It's from Christian Scott. It's new music from the innovative New Orleans trumpet player. That was Twin from Christian Scott, the trumpeter. And if you're interested, there's an app called Stretch Music, which he's created, and you can actually remove the trumpet sections and play along yourself. How about that for a bit of innovation? Uh, I've been talking to Cressy Westling, and she's my business shaper today, the co-founder of Elvis and Cressy, They make things from rescued materials. The, um, the thought came to Cressy when she saw a, a huge pile of hoses, apparently, uh, in a, one of the London Brigade fire stations. We were talking earlier about your your nature, your dictatorial nature, and the fact that you realise that if you became a business leader, you would have some kind of authority and ability to do the things you want to do beyond making a buck. And the business that you created with actually your, your partner as well, not just your business partner, but Elvis is his nickname, mm-hmm. but his real name is James. So we'll yeah. call him James for a moment. Um, is the making money part, the, the the creating stuff from from rescued materials... The core interest for you, or is the core interest for you talking about the issues that surround, you mentioned straight away, landfill, or is it are both equally balanced? Uh,
2: this, is a, this is my favourite question to answer, because I think the big problem with the business world is the focus on money. Money isn't why anyone should do anything. Money is WD-40, right? So yes, it's quite important to have, because the wheels have to stay greased. Nobody would allow me to continue to collect fire hose, least of all Elvis, if we weren't making money doing it. So the money is a license to continue to do the wonderful things that running a business should allow you to do. But for sure, for us, the focus is getting something done. And when we first discovered the fire hose, we took it on as a problem that we could solve. That is the focus of the business. Can we solve this problem? Are we the best people to solve this problem? Are we the most innovative and interesting people to apply our brains to this particular material? Um, Can we do something unique? Can we do something special? Can we maximize the value latent in the material? And then money happens to be made as a byproduct of that. But the money is... Is important only because it helps the business to continue. It helps us to hire people. It helps us to take on more materials. So money is important, but only as grease.
1: It sounds like this is really your thing, as in the the issue based approach you have to the world is not one that you've invented to find an angle in the market is just what makes you you it's it's part of your value set and i was reading recently oliver sack's book around I mean, he passed away recently and his obsession was with looking after people but he spent all his time doing that it sounds like you're kind of obsessed in a good way about the planet if that's the case is this is making money ir- i mean you've mentioned it's grease, it greases the thing but in reality for you is it a distraction
2: No, it's not a distraction for me personally because I have Elvis to be the rational business partner who keeps his eye on that sort of thing. So we do these, we have this wonderful partnership. Uh, People call us a social enterprise. That's the movement I suppose we're categorized under. And I do the social and he does the enterprise. (laughs) Um, So there is between us a knowledge and enough to make sure that the business stays open and the business does well. I also want the business to be doing very well financially because that makes it a more interesting proposition for other people to get into. You know, my goal for saving the environment, we we sh- we all need to have this goal is fairly black and white. You're either in or you're out. This isn't a political spectrum thing. You're either in or you're out. You either care and give a damn about your grandchildren or other people's grandchildren as the case may be, or you don't. And Elvis and I really genuinely do. And that's why we run the business the way that we do. And we want the business to be successful because the more successful it is, the more people will copy us, the more people will come into this space, the more people will think, oh, I can, I can live my life this way, I can run a business this way.
1: Well stay with me to find out and you can decide for yourself whether you're in or out and let's hope you're all in otherwise Cressy will be coming to talk to you about why you shouldn't you shouldn't be thinking what you're thinking fantastic stuff latest travel uh, more mundanely in a couple of minutes but before that some words of wisdom from our program partners at Mishkondore for your burgeoning business idea
0: I'm Daniel Farrand I'm an associate in the planning group at Mishkondore part of the wider real estate department you may find, as a uh, as a business or as a small business, or if your business grows, that um, you're having problems finding accommodation. This may be partly in due to the fact that permission has been given nationwide, with a few minor exceptions, uh, to allow offices to be converted to residential. An awful lot of office stock, therefore, is being converted to much more valuable uses for owners. That causes big problems for those who want to occupy small. Units because those are the ones that are clear targets for the exercise of this right. There is some hope on the horizon, however. Uh, We've been engaged with a few clients uh, on large mixed-use development schemes who have either offered or have been asked to provide starter units for commercial occupiers, um, be they tech startup industries or or just small office or retail units. This is almost the equivalent of affordable housing for the residential sphere, where uh, in granting permission for housing development, a local authority might insist that some of those are made available to uh, those who can't afford afford to occupy it on the open market. A similar sort of concept of affordable commercial units is gaining more ground and it is worth investigating. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mish Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
1: You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday. I have the privilege and pleasure of meeting someone who's shaping the world of business. The person shaping the world of business and a lot more besides today is Cressé Wesling. She's one of the co-founders of Elvis and Cressé and they make uh, lovely products from uh, rescued materials. But as you will have been hearing earlier, Cressé's focus as part of that is that the more successful they are, the more they're able to actually deliver on their social mission, which is to ensure that the planet is still there uh, doing good things for our grandchildren and so on. A big part of um, many people I interview are their values, but I don't think I can recall someone where their values really are on an equal footing with the, the purpose of their business. I think I'm right in saying, tell me if I'm wrong, 50% of all your profits go to charitable um, endeavours. Yes. Is, and and how, have you, how do you manage to live on that? Have you just decided what you and Elvis can, can exist on financially? Have you cut your cloth accordingly, or is the business making so much money that, that this is an, an irrelevant question?
2: Well, I think we need to think about profit. Profit is surplus at the end of the year. It's what you've made. It's in excess of your needs, in theory. And most businesses use profit to reinvest. We just use 50% of our profits to reinvest. And actually, I consider the charitable donations to be a reinvestment, because they're always linked to the raw materials that we rescue. So in the case of the fire hose... we all of the sales that happen of the fire hose collection, the 50% donation at the end of the year goes to the firefighters' charity. So it goes back into the fire service community. And having 66,000 stakeholders, because that's how many fire service personnel there are in this country, is an incredibly powerful support for a young, growing business. Mm. You couldn't pay for that kind of brand ambassadorship and, and I think, why not do it in this way? It's a completely different way. But I've often made you know, parallels in business. I, I met um, one of the, I think he was one of the chairman of Shell. At the time, I thought there was just one. And I said, look, why don't you give 50% of your profits to charity or, or not? Why don't you reinvest 50% of your profits in renewable energy? Do you know how many people would go to Shell for their petrol? All of us, we'd all go there. And uh, apparently there was, you know, shareholder revolt and all these other issues that they might have to face. And maybe that's why it's useful not to have shareholders, I suppose.
1: <laughs> and on that point, the, the partnership works as the, the, the two of you who, who um, you know, became, had a relationship and created a relationship before you went into, into business. The nuances of that, do they work? And do they, are there often, are there sometimes tensions that you can't resolve as easily because you're involved as a couple, as an engaged couple, indeed?
2: Actually, I think there there definitely are tensions, but I think they're easier to resolve because we're a couple. You can't ever run away from this business because it's a personal commitment that we've both made. I think a lot of people have their home life and their work life, and we don't. We have a life. We live it all together. And in the same way that I fell in love with Elvis when I first met him, I fell in love with the fire hose. And I like to bring all of that into my life. And we like to have that all together, all in one place. We live and work in the same site as well. And that's really to save time. If you have a mission, if you want to get something done, you'd better do it with the people that you love and find most interesting, most funny, um, most challenging. You know, why would I spend all of this time with someone other than Elvis? He is the coolest person I've ever met. And to start a business with another person would just mean I got less time with Elvis. That would be really terrible and it would also be detrimental to the business itself so I think running a business with a partner actually helps and we have such disparate uh, skill sets that we don't really crash that often there's very few times when we come up against a hurdle we can't sort of jump over together quite happily
1: Stay with me for more um, from Cresset my fantastic business shaper today Time for some music this is Ibrahim Malouf I believe he's Lebanese I love this track I've said it before I'll say it again it's called Essentielle Essentiel from Ibrahim Malouf. It's powerful and punchy, isn't it? Cresce, you, you, you talk about partnership um, within your business, and obviously in your line of work, and what I mean by that is in the line of missions and things, you have to build bridges in lots of places. Um, I think in 2012 you were named a, a young global leader by the World Economic Forum in 2011. You were the European winner of the Cartier's Women's Initiative Awards. You've got an MBE. All these things say to me that you're good at creating relationships with people that need to hear you and do something about it. Is that true? And if so, where do you think that capacity has come from?
2: I, I think that we do something that we believe in. I think that we do it well. When we decided to make handbags out of fire hoses, we decided to make the best possible handbags we could. They are beautiful things. And there are a lot of stakeholders involved in that. There's the fire service. There's our craftspeople. There's everyone that you meet. You need them to believe in you because that's what they're buying. If you talk about luxury fashion, people are buying um, heritage, provenance, history. And we were a startup. We were young. So all we had to share was ourselves and our story. And I think it's really easy to share a story like ours because it's It is what it is. It's not a marketing tale. It's not something that we got together in a room and decided to do because um, it would look good in the media. It's something we do because we love it. And I suppose it's easy to form relationships based on that because people are attracted to that authenticity. And we're very open, you know, the, the workshop we run is open. People can come down, people can stay the weekend, people can discover everything about what we do. It's very transparent, and I think that helps with building relationships.
1: And that being yourself, that authenticity and all that, is that something you've learned along the way? And I don't mean that in a you're inventing authenticity. I mean, have there been people in your life that have said to you, Cressy, just be yourself? Have you had guidance like that, or was it totally inbuilt and from within? Uh,
2: what, one one uh, example in particular, when we first started the business, we were introduced to someone who um, used to do brand work for Bentley. And at the time, we were trying to work out what to call the business. And he came and and met with us and said, look, you guys, you're Elvis and Cressy. It's who you are. It's what you do. Just put that on the products. Be that. And we thought, yeah, why not? That makes the most sense. Because then the story is really about our whole history together and why we're doing this and why it's important. Um, Yeah, he gave us permission to, to put our names on the products. And I think that was
0: super helpful.
1: My final chat's going to be coming out with Cresco, plus, we'll be playing a track from Ella Fitzgerald,
0: but that's after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.
1: Yeah. iconic Ella Fitzgerald with every time we say goodbye. However many times you hear that, um, it's still brilliant, isn't it? Cressay, we've been talking about lots of stuff, mainly that mission is really critical to you. Um, And you were told, maybe you realised it yourself, that you were pretty dictatorial, but I might want to recontextualise that a little bit. You know what you think, you believe in things, and you have a certain purity of thought. How do you get away with not compromising? Because you don't strike me as a compromiser.
2: We... We don't compromise when it comes to our core values, but in certain respects, you will always have to compromise somewhere to get something done. I suppose when we compromise, you will always hear it from us first. So when we first started, we were desperate to make these products, all of them in the UK. And we went to a bunch of amazing luxury crafts people in the UK, and they all said, ooh... I only work with leather. Why would I work with dirty old hoses? So we went to France and we went to Spain and eventually we found a workshop in Romania um, who did unbelievable work. And that was our first workshop was in Romania. And that was a compromise for me because there's obviously a footprint associated with shipping the hose out there and shipping the products back. But that was the only way to save the hose. So... If I have to compromise a little bit along the way to ensure that the greater mission is being achieved, then yes, I will. But I will also be very, very, very transparent about that. Mm. And I think that's the only way to have acceptable compromises is if you can tell them to the world. If you're if you're ashamed of them or embarrassed, then you have to uh, turn back and start again.
1: And aren't you ever overwhelmed by what you're trying to achieve as part of your mission? Because any right-minded person would say, including me, that the planet's critical, we've got to protect it for, for my kids, my children's kids, and so on and so forth. But the sheer enormity and the processes and the landfill and the superstructures and the world that we live in mean that it's a really hard fight. Does it ever not just stop you and go, whoa, where do I start? Or are you have you started and doesn't it matter how much you achieve, if you know what I mean?
2: Oh, the... You would be insane not to be aware of the enormity of this task. It's not something that I can solve by myself or that Elvis and I can solve together or that the people of the UK can solve as a nation. So it's okay, I think, to have these down days when the IPCC releases its latest report and you're reading it and thinking, hmm, we are we had 10 years to save the planet and that was about eight years ago. So what what, what are we going to do now? However... We've picked a thing that we can solve, and I think we're the best in the world at it. And that means that we have to stick at that and make sure that works and inspire other people to pick a problem. So whenever I meet with um, young students, and I often give lectures at uh, the School Center, which is the MBA, the, the socially minded MBA side of Saeed Business School at Oxford, I talked to them about how they shouldn't sit down and just try to think up a business idea. They should try to find a problem somewhere in the world and fix that and let that be the backbone of the business. Because it means that every day you're going to feel awesome, even if you only get a small percentage of the problem solved.
1: It's been really brilliant listening to you talk and very inspiring as well. Thank you for that. So early on in the year, um, just before I let you go and carry on inspiring other people and doing your thing, which is brilliant, um, what's your song choice today and why have you chosen it?
2: Um, I've chosen something from the Modern Jazz Quartet. When I was in school in Hong Kong, uh, really good friends of my parents lived there and they gave me tickets to see um, MJQ. And I fell in love with this song and I play it and I play it and I play it and I maybe it transports me to somewhere I've never really been which is Spain and maybe um, maybe it just chills me out enough to focus on the next task uh, I'm not sure but I love this piece
1: and it's called Concierto de Aranjuez yes. I believe yes good. and I'm
2: glad you pronounced that rather than me
1: well my Mandarin is no good but my Spanish isn't too bad <laughs> here it is especially for you thank you so much thank you That was the Modern Jazz Quartet with Adagio from the Concierto de Aranjuez, the song choice of my business shaper today, Cresse Wesling, the co-founder of Elvis and Cresce. Talk about a person on a mission, absolutely focused on rescuing materials and the environmental quality that we all hopefully enjoy going forward. Innovation at the core of her business, really important to her, and a really interesting approach to an integrated view of her life. Work, values and home all coming together in one place brilliant and unusual stuff do join me again same time same place that's next saturday 9am here on jazz fm for another edition of jazz shapers in the meantime stay with us coming up next it's nigel williams
0: jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with Rea. it's business but it's personal